0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Intuitive Revolution in Business. Today, the theme of um, our episode is the fear of woo, and it's part of the uh, cycle of content uh, on teaching around intuition. But before I start, I have an amazing webinar coming up on the 11th of April at 9 a.m., it's going to be a live event, so you need to sign up for this webinar. Um, There will be a replay, but for the people who are live on uh, the webinar, there's also going to be a very special prize that you can win um, in a draw. I haven't um, decided yet what the prize is, but I think it's probably going to be one of my self study courses. Uh, I have five or five of them that are very, very powerful, ranging from how to get started with your book to, um, you know, energy maintenance for sensitive entrepreneurs, which is a very popular one. Uh, and uh, I, would, well, I would love for you to come and listen to this webinar. So the webinar is going to be about how to niche intuitively. Uh, As I said, the link will be in the description for this episode, so you should be able to find it on your app. And this is what you will learn. You'll learn what niching is, uh, because niching is a topic that's very important in business, especially if you're going to have an online business. I'll also talk to you about why niching is SMART. Uh, especially a very smart thing to do in your business, whether you're online or not. I will talk to you and share my journey and struggles around niching. Uh, I will also um, talk to you about um, what does niching intuitively mean? And then we'll have a practice for you to connect to the energy of your business so that you can ask your business what niche you should be focusing on right now, okay? So this is an exciting webinar that I've never run before. Uh, But I actually have. uh, Last year when I was running my um, Intuitive Business Academy, um, one of the months was geared towards the intuitive niching. And it was a very, very popular month um, amongst the members. So um, this is about the webinar. I'll remind you a little bit towards the end to make sure that you sign up. But now let's talk about the fear of woo. So I have had the fear of woo for decades myself. And what is woo? Woo is anything that is not rational, that is not intellectual, and that you cannot explain um, logically, right? Of course, for me, woo is intuition, but it's also psychic gifts. It can also be energy, anything to do with energy. And in fact, if I think about it... um, manifesting is also considered uh woo the art of manifesting um in fact when I was I was gonna say woo is pretty much what my epic framework is about although the C in epic is more to, uh, related to mind mindfulness and mindset um, but for some people mindset is considered woo as well you know um they just um focus on what you can see, hear, and touch. And mindset is not something that you can see, hear, and touch. It's your own internal world. It's your own demons, your beliefs. Uh, And all of it is actually super important because if you ignore this part of your life, then you only, I suppose, you only use half of your potential which is something that really annoys me about schooling uh, generally and the way society has designed things. And I understand where they come from because if you went back to the Middle Ages, everything was about superstition. And of course, the woo is associated with superstition. And this is something I explore actually in my, in my book. If you're interested to check my book out, it's in my online shop at www.theintuitiverevolution.co.uk forward slash shop. So, but today I want to talk about the three different aspects of the three different kind of fears we have around woo. The first one is around the actual woo itself. The second one is a fear of invasion of privacy by people who practice woo, and the third is the fear that if you embrace your own woo, you will be considered as a quack in your industry. So I'm going to um, explore each of these three aspects. Now, if you think of another aspect that I haven't touched upon, uh, please head over in my group, my free group, The Intuitive Revolution for Brilliant Entrepreneurs, because um, I have started now every week to put a post up in the group for discussion uh, around this podcast episode. I would really love for you to come and and you know, take part in that discussion rather than me just talking about things on my own. Right, so first, the fear of Wu. Culturally, Wu is not honored, is not appreciated, and is very often actually depicted in a very derogatory manner. Now let's look at the words that we use with regards to woo. Um, and, and you might want to come and share other words that you use um, yourself or that you have heard being used by other people. But here is the ones that I've identified: spooky, weird, irrational, crazy. And then very often people talk about people who do woo as in being in La La Land or in Fairyland or people are asked to calm down, for example. That's been said to me many, many times when I had a bad gut feeling about something. And actually I have a very um, very potent example of this. Uh, and I can't tell you exactly what year it started, but I, whenever, um, when Brexit started to be discussed politically in the UK, before the elections, before the referendum, I had this feeling that Brexit would actually be implemented. And this created a fair amount of fear for me because I didn't have British uh, nationality. And at the time, uh, I was receiving some benefits because I lost my job as a lawyer in 2005 in the UK, 2006. And due to, you know, raising autistic kids, um, several of them, uh, it was very difficult for me to hold a job. And my business wasn't profitable just yet. So I had all these fears. I wanted my children to have British nationality. I was trying to push that um, with my ex-husband as um, my elder to have a French father who lives in France. Uh, but he just he just made fun of me. Whenever I said to him, I think the kids need British nationality, he would say, of course not. We're in the European Union. What are you on about? And I said to him, no, I, I think that we really need to because um, things might change. Oh, no, come on. And there was a lot of dismissing of Brexit for, for by many, many people. But I had this gut feeling that actually it was going to happen. And I cannot tell you the number of people who... Poo-hooed me for that um and and of course it did and i i knew i know how to make the difference between the fear and uh, an intuitive hit and it was definitely my intuition talking to me um as, as it is, and, and it's interesting to look at it, is that that intuition created fear in me because I felt I didn't have what I needed. Um, you know, it's very hard to actually obtain British nationality, especially if you're not financially independent or if you're on benefits or or even if you're a mum at home, because you have to prove that you can financially um, sustain yourself and that you have private medical insurance and all sorts of things. The bar The bar is very, very high. It's very different, for example, from France. So that's an example of where um, I wasn't afraid of my woo, but I was actually told to calm down and I was um, shut down by most people, including my ex-husband, my parents, uh, and even my friends. They were a bit nicer about it than than my ex-husband and my parents. But um, yeah, I was was thought to be irrational and making things up or having uh, unreasonable fears. As it was... I was actually a pretty amazing seer. Um, but, you know, wisdom comes from hindsight. So that's the words that we use. And that's how we shut down people when they tell us about something intuitive or woo that they cannot explain or rationalize. And very often these fears or these um, woo hits or whatever. It's not a fear. Sorry. It's, a, it's an intuitive hit. is only confirmed later on because it cannot be backed up by data. And we'll talk about this a little bit uh, further down the line. Well, at least it goes against the grain of, uh, you know, the the mainstream of thought. Now, there's also the entertainment industry um, that, you know, adds to the negative outlook on woo people. And of course, one of the most commercial uh, holidays that I think gives a very, very bad rap to intuitive people is Halloween. Now you might say, oh, you're spoiling it for people. It's a bit of of fun. There's no harm in it. Well, when the only association um, to things that are... How can I say this? I, I I struggle to find my words because it's such a difficult topic. Um, Halloween has is first a a, a very well established. Um, it, it's based around a, a period of time where um, the veil between the physical world and the non-physical world is more open. And I know about this because it's around my birthday, and. Um, there's a window that opens between the 31st of October and the 6th, 7th of November, where it is more easy to actually communicate with um, the non-physical world. Don't ask me how or why, apparently that's a period uh, that is much more open. and and, and But sadly, uh, our Western world, has latched on to this to create this whole commercial holiday around halloween where they talk about ghosts and um and of course about witches which is um and and of course the witches are depicted with warts with green skin and a crooked nose and uh great curly hair (laughs) and um this is not a very positive role model is it um uh, you know I, I do love the the film the cartoon Merlin by by disney but look how uh how Merlin is depicted in a positive way and then the witch is depicted in a negative way i suppose i could say that Merlin um could be used as a positive uh figure but then he's a unique figure uh there's only one Merlin and and nobody believes that anybody else has natural intuition but it's it's you know i want to also talk about other films you know horror films where people use psychic gifts to murder people or even the the film the sixth sense where this little boy keeps on seeing all these dead people and he doesn't know they're dead until the end but he's tormented by what he's seeing so it's not really something that makes you want to be more psychic or more intuitive. And I personally had a huge fear of seeing uh, dead people. When I say dead people, I don't believe in death in the way that most people do. But I suppose I need to use uh, an expression that will work for everyone. Um, I prefer to say non-physical people, but then non-physical beings Uh, is, is, includes so many different (laughs) so many different um entities and even entities is a negative word nobody wants to be talking to an entity um or well being is is probably better um because you have what people call departed loved ones who are people that you've loved in life and maybe like like my dad he's my departed loved one he now lives in in the spirit world spirit world and i can't see him or or talk to him anymore like I did when he was walking the earth. But there's so many other different um, beings that live in the invisible world or the non-physical world. And none of these are really depicted as positive, to be frank, uh, in, in our culture or in, uh, in entertainment. And we need to become aware of that because there's that creates a collective instincting fear around the whole topic. And I want to give you some more example as well. When I was a teenager, I had a dream about my big sister that she forgot her pill. And um, I, I agonized for a very long time, whether to tell her or not, because I was afraid of, um, that my dream was nonsense, uh, of giving her false information, uh, or uh, creating unnecessary fear in her. But I definitely, you know, in the end, I decided to tell her, uh, look, Helen, I, I dreamt that you were pregnant last night. I thought I'd mention this to you just in case it's helpful. And as it was, she had forgotten her pill. So it was incredibly helpful. Now, in this setting of sharing a dream, her immediate reaction was that's spooky or that's weird. Um, Why? That was actually wonderful because it was an information that was incredibly useful. I'm gonna give you another example where I felt and, and I felt so uncomfortable sharing what was happening to me because of all that negative connotation basically. Uh, When I went to uni, I met um, in my gap here in the UK, um, I met uh, an American girl whose brother was in a coma. So she was doing a gap here as I was in the same university. And she was obviously very stressed and worried about her brother who was in a coma. And um, literally the day after I met her, I had a dream where I saw her brother who told me to tell her she was gonna be okay. And um, I checked actually a photo of him, and that's exactly the way he looked in the dream. And lo and behold, within 24 hours, she heard from her parents that her brother has snapped out of it and everything was okay. So this is another dream that I was reluctant to share for the same reason I was reluctant to share uh, the first one, Uh, reasons of ethics, reasons of I don't even know if this is true. I don't want to give false hope to, to my friend, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, The the problem with this first fear is we fear the unknown. We fear the unknown because there's no framework. There's no value set. There's no ethics. We don't know anything about it. So, of course, we're going to be afraid of something that we don't know. And this is one of the reasons I do this podcast, because I want people to understand intuition and to value it and not to fear it anymore. So that's number one. The second fear is the fear of invasion of privacy, and that is a very valid fear. Now, if you ever met someone and they would tell you that they are a psychic, I'm sure, and that was the case for me, that the first thing that you would be afraid of is them knowing all your secrets or all your dirty little secrets, if you have any. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's dirty or not. Um, we don't want someone to be able to access all the information that belongs to us that we might not, and, and, and we only want people to access the information that we share on um you know, on an ad hoc basis as we go along. And that's a very fair point. You know, boundaries are important. Um, I have met, sadly, a lot of untrained psychics that scan everything and everyone. They don't have any boundaries. And I had for a short period of time, a friend of mine who was like that. Actually, I had two of them and they're no longer friends of mine because... I got tired of them volunteering information to me that I had never asked them to to give to me. And it felt like they were prying into my private life or into my my private world uh, with no permission. Now, you have to understand that this is not... um, regular ethics that um you know proper psychics uh, will never do that to you and i certainly never do that myself i only um volunteer information if someone's asked me a question and even sometimes i don't even say uh, i don't even answer even if they ask me the question especially if it's about a third party now i'm not a saint I will you know i will say that i have ha- i have been tempted like everybody else to to have a little peek in some opportunities but um my guides are very very strict about this and they usually create quite a bit of um, turmoil or negative consequences when i do so uh, the very few f- times that i was tempted to do that i was put right back in my place and it, it is against my values to you know it's it's like if you had someone leave their um their diary (coughs) behind them would you go and read it um i wouldn't i would just return the diary and and say you know um i think you've left something behind that you might not want someone else to to read here you go um just like i wouldn't pry into my kids bedrooms without um I say without their consent, they would never give me their consent, but you you know what I mean. Uh, This is just not something I I would do because I think privacy is super, super important. And if you invade that privacy, you make other people feel violated. So, but this, and I don't want to judge these untrained psychics. I think the problem is they haven't had proper training. And I, I just want to ask, you know, where is the real Hogwarts, you know? Uh, there isn't one. And that's why we're left with all these people who don't know what to do with these gifts that they might have, or even with their intuition. Right. The third fear is that your reputation as an expert will be tarnished. And that's a fear that held me back for decades uh, about coming out as a psychic and intuitive in my business. I wasn't even a lawyer. If I was a lawyer, I would probably still not own up to the fact I'm psychic, which is silly because I think that's that's the revolution that we need. But when I started becoming a tarot reader, I was uh, trained as a clinical hypnotherapist, which is mostly based on science. And so tarot was the woo side of me and the clinical hypnotherapy was more the scientific side of me. And I know that for some people, hypnotherapy is woo. So, I, I, you know, it's all relative to start with. I just want to say that. But I, I had to segregate my two, my two lives. It's almost like I had, by day I was a clinical hypnotherapist and by night I was a tarot reader, as if it wasn't compatible, now imagine my big dream is that every single profession would embrace intuition. But of course, imagine a scientist who uses intuition, they would be shunned, right? And yet, we have Einstein and Tesla. As a business owner, if you use your intuition and you're you're vocal about it, you would be shunned as well. And yet, we have the Steve Jobs, the Richard Branson, the Oprah Winfrey. So it's almost like it's only accepted if you're successful, or after you die. But whilst you're in amongst everybody and you have an, a proven record, then you can't do it unless you are willing to lose lose face. And I think it's time for a change. I think it's time for intuition and intelligence to be blended together, and um, to be looked at upon as something completely compatible. In truth, there is a movement that's starting that talks about intuitive intelligence. And intuitive intelligence is that intelligence that taps into a universal intelligence, maybe a higher wisdom, whether it's your higher self or something else. And this this collective intelligence, um, actually, it's slightly different from the Jungov's version where he believed that all the thoughts and everything, you know, feel in a specific place that people everybody could have access to that is true as well in the sense that if i was to teach you more about intuition and about energy i would tell you about thought forms and there is a collective energy of of thinking so mainstream thinking can become an energy of its own that everybody can tap into But that energy is slightly different from intuitive intelligence because intuitive intelligence comes from infinite intelligence and humans are not infinitely intelligent, definitely not. They are full of their own limitations. And we choose these limitations. I'm going to be a little bit esoteric here. We choose these limitations on purpose so that we can be more focused. Because if you were to see everybody's point of view and every culture and every um, possible aspect of a a situation all at the same time, unless you were the God mind, uh, this infinite intelligence, your mind would be blown away. So that's why we choose when we incarnate on this planet, very focused points of view that, um, and and it's interesting because I would have said in the past, you know, you choose a gender, but the the, the next generation uh, is definitely challenging us on the gender um, spectrum because gender is a, a social construct. So, you know, even that, you know, now, Now, there isn't that option to be black and white about this topic, but you definitely choose the culture you're born into. You choose your family, you choose your siblings. Um, Let's say you choose the sex you're assigned at birth, uh, whether you decide to continue with the gender that's associated with it or not is another story Uh, and you you choose everything in order to create an experience that is going to bring you uh, the benefit of a point of view because knowledge doesn't teach anything. It's experience that does. So it's kind of funny that I should have started to talk about esoteric matters of why do we choose to incarnate? But I think it ties a little bit with what we're discussing because intuition is a way to pull yourself away a little bit from all these limitations that you've chosen for yourself, if that makes sense. And it helps you to, to, to really embrace creativity. And creativity comes when you're able to think outside the box and outside the limitations, outside that what's been done before. And I want you to understand that, you know, that should not be a worry. Um, You know, that's why I want to put intuition on the curriculum all the way from primary school to university is because there is, there is an immense benefit in understanding intuition, and being able to leverage it through, you know, proper training. Um just like we train the mind, just because you're born with a mind doesn't mean that you're going to be able to use it well. It has to have lots of inputs and lots of and, and a structure and some sort of training. It's the same with intuition. Now what does intuitive intelligence help with? I believe it helps to depart from old ideas that are based on false premises. So I talked about gender just now. I think that's a big one. Uh, But for me, when I was as young as as nine or 10 years old, my intuition uh, made me feel that Catholicism was something wrong. Now, it's debatable, you know, some people think that uh, religion is a good thing or not a good thing, and I'm not here to debunk, um, you know, people's religious choices. However, I felt there was something terribly wrong between the Catholic faith, behind the Catholic faith in the sense that uh, Jesus was not married, he didn't have children, there was no strong female um, counterpart to Jesus other than his mother, which I felt was pretty skewy um, you know, hello, um, hello, incestual relationship. (laughs) Um, and, and that's why even as young as nine, 10 years old, I told my dad, I would rather not go to church anymore. And he was, he was open-minded enough to honor that, that request. Um, so intuition helps us depart from ideas that based on false premises, They also help us find solution when the data is not helpful. Now, I want to tie this to uh, the VUCA world. I don't know if you've heard the expression VUCA. It's it's used a lot in leadership uh, and it stands for volatile, uncertain, complex and ambiguous. And that's a, a term that was coined in 1987 during the Cold War. Now... You know, the world was already super volatile, uncertain, complex and ambiguous back then. Do you think it's changed uh, massively since? No, if anything, the uncertainty has gone um, bigger and bigger. So this is the, um, the almost the antidote to the VUCA world. The, we need to embrace intuition and not superstition, may I say, Because um, superstition and intuition are completely different. And that's something I think I've mentioned at the start of this um, episode that we um, I I, I address in my book. Right. So um, I believe that there's a high road for the woo. There's a high road for intuition that will be needed more and more at all levels of society. But let's start with business. And I want to ask you a favor today, if you think that this episode can be helpful to someone that you know, that has the fear of woo, and that needs to look at woo in a different way, can you please be kind enough to share this episode with them, so that they keep more of an open mind? Okay. Uh, Because at the end of the day, the best way for you to suss out what's right for you and your business is to use your intuition. And again, I'm going to do, um, I'm going to give you a a quick reminder of the webinar that I'm running on the 11th of April at 9am. The link will be in the description box for this episode. And I hope that you will join me as there will be a prize to be won. As I said, it's going to be one of my self-study courses. And there's going to also be a wonderful uh, special VIP offer if you want to work one-to-one with me. Thank you so much for listening to the episode this week. I'll speak to you again next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Intuition Podcast. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe, give us a rating, and if you haven't done it yet, write a review so that more listeners can enjoy this podcast. Don't forget to join my free group on Facebook, Business Intuition for Female Entrepreneurs. And go onto my website to download my free workbook on the four steps to trust your intuition in business. My website is theintuitionrevolution.co.uk.